You are listening to the audio version of the Courtauld Digital Media blog. My name is Celia Coburn, and I am a digitization volunteer. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this post. This post is called Worker Housewife, Designing the Frankfurt Kitchen. It was written by Victoria Bennett, the Project Digitization Assistant, and was posted on 25th September 2020. The mid-1920s in Frankfurt, Germany, saw a desperate housing shortage. The First World War had swept through the city a few years prior, leaving the need for much of its housing to be rebuilt. In 1925, architect and city planner Ernst May was employed to head a new social housing project, known as the New Frankfurt, which would see the construction of 10,000 new homes for the working classes. It would be the largest social housing project of the Weimar years. A modernist designer with utopian ideals, May saw the new Frankfurt project as an opportunity for increased domestic liberation through design. Inspired by the emerging theories of efficiency engineering and household rationalization, ideas which promoted the time-saving possibilities of better object placement and applied them to the home, May believed that a well-designed home could make life easier for its occupants. He enlisted the help of Marguerite Schutt-Dilihotsky, Austria's first female architect and fellow efficiency advocate, to design a new and thoroughly modern kitchen befitting of this vision. The Frankfurt Kitchen, as it has come to be known, is arguably the most important legacy of the new Frankfurt project and is widely recognized as the first example of the modern fitted kitchen as we know it today. A photograph of Ernst Mayhaus in Frankfurt is held in the Conway Library, Box 4373, Folder 2, Item 17. The photo is by Tim Benton, and it shows the huge windows on the side of the building, and planters overflowing with a tangle of greenery. The 1920s was a time of social change for women in Germany. Declared to be the equals of men, women were granted the vote under the Weimar Constitution. Increasingly, women were single, working, and less interested in family life, and the figure of the new woman emerged as a symbol, with her shorter hair and traditionally unfeminine attire depicting this shift. The new woman symbolized a lifestyle of work and leisure, following the expansion of employment and education opportunities that became available to women during the war. However, many took an aversion to this new sense of female independence. Conservatives worried about the long-term effect the new woman might have on traditional values. As more women were in university than men, male joblessness was high and the birth rate had dropped. Fewer women were working as servants, and so many middle-class homes also found themselves at a loss. A coalition of interest groups began to steadily form seeking to readdress the women's place as being in the home, and the idea of the professional housewife emerged, using efficiency engineering, specifically its scientific language and approach, to intellectualize the idea of housekeeping. Suddenly, the same notion of rationalization, so embraced by modernist architects for its critique of traditional design, was being used in socio-political terms to argue that the home would provide a suitable and modern experience for women, and, thanks to its new methodology, would be held in the same regard as a man's professional work. 
This campaign to reaffirm the domestic sphere resulted in the introduction of a state policy called female redomestication, and education and employment options for women were largely diminished once again as they returned to the home. Back in Frankfurt, Lihotsky was designing her efficient kitchen. She consulted housewives and experts, drew inspiration from the spatial design of factory floors and train dining cars, and studied psychological and material evaluations. She realized that by placing the sink, stove, and workspaces in a triangle, less time was spent walking between each. Her final design came pre-equipped, for the first time, with built-in storage, a gas stove, fold-down ironing board, adjustable ceiling light, and a swivel stool. It was the first German kitchen with electricity. Efficiency was in every detail. The cupboards were painted blue, as it was understood to be fly-repellent. Cutting surfaces were made from beech to resist staining and knife marks. Aluminium chutes were designed to hold staples, such as flour and sugar, for easy storage and pouring. The floor space, measuring in at just 1.9 by 3.44 meters, was decreed optimum for carrying out the tasks therein, and the room could be shut away with its sliding door. Another photograph by Tim Benton in the Conway Library is an interior view of the Frankfurt kitchen, held in box 4374, folder 1, item 34. The photograph captures how the kitchen was designed to minimize unnecessary walking, with plenty of built-in storage and the overhead lamp shines brightly. Lihotsky's kitchen was designed as a gleaming embrace of technology and the future. It waved goodbye to the time-consuming and labor-intensive traditional kitchen, poorly ventilated, dimly lit, disorganized, and badly furnished. Lihotsky had optimized domesticity. She would later say that by doing so, it acted very well as propaganda for the bourgeois ideas of the time that a woman essentially worked at home in the kitchen, and was aware that her gender as designer added to this narrative. Nevertheless, she would describe her time spent on the new Frankfurt project as amongst a group that stood up for certain principles and architectural ideas and fought for them uncompromisingly. How is it possible for such different interpretations of efficiency, conservative ideas of redomestication and modernist ideas of liberation through design, to coexist? The answer lies in a 1923 book by author and housewife Christine Frederick titled Household Engineering, Scientific Management in the Home, which has been referred to as the Bible of Progressive Architects of the 1920s. Couldn't we standardize dishwashing by raising the height of the sink? Did we not waste time and needless walking in poorly arranged kitchens? I came to earnestly believe that scientific management could and must solve housework problems, as it had already solved other work problems. This quote from the introduction of Household Engineering begins a rallying cry for improved health, design, and efficiency in the home. Frederick coined the concept of scientific home management after she began to apply the same principles used by her husband, who worked as an efficiency engineer, to her work as housewife, realizing its time-saving potential. Her husband's profession gave her writing credence and an ideological slant. With better working practices, the housewife would be freer. 
Architects used the practical advice in household engineering and applied it to their floor plans, and May and Lihotsky recognized the evolutionary role that considered design could have for the occupants of their social housing. However, this is perhaps where the crossover of progressive design and domestication ends. While household engineering explores in detail how best to carry out housework, it takes a less radical approach towards who will be doing this work. Frederick frequently referred to the person in the kitchen as the worker, and it's clear from household engineering's floor plans of accompanying servant quarters that working-class women were expected to provide labor for middle-class households as servants still, only now with scientific guidance on which tasks it would be acceptable for them to sit down during. This permits the worker to give her entire energy to it, thus resulting in quicker and better work. If there was any question as to what the new woman would do with her newly saved time, Frederick seems to imply the answer is more work. Indeed, Frederick herself admits to pouring her saved time back into improving her workflow. To every minor detail. Every day I try to find new ways, new methods, and new shortcuts in my home problems. If I made out a good schedule of work for one week, I try to improve on it for the week following. No household detail was too small or too unimportant. A question naturally arises from this. How did the architects and designers of the new Frankfurt envision occupants using their newly rationalized space? An interior photograph by Tim Benton shows what seems to be very lived-in space. The photograph held at box 4373, folder 2, image 28, is labeled Architect's House, shows a large structural but comfy-looking sofa with a large bay window. Every inch of the window sill is covered in house plants. A tree can be seen through the window. Clearly, this space has a sense of bringing the outside inside. Throughout the project, May published a journal of the same name, Das Neue Frankfurt, and a 1927 article titled The New Apartment and the Household Effects, Die Neue Wohnung und der Hausrat, written by Franz Schuster, architect and furniture designer, sheds a light on the team's vision for women and their labor. It suggests intellectual pastimes in place of housework, and views the latter as unimportant and to be done quickly through improved efficiency. The woman no longer wants to spend the entire day cleaning the house and doing meaningless things. She wants to be able to take part in contemporary intellectual life and must be able to survive in the economic competition. She can no longer afford to waste her thought and effort on trivial things, whether she is a mother or wife or on her own. She wants to be a valuable comrade-in-arms in the building of a new era. Thus, she must demand of her home, as we do from everything else, that it not restrict the development of our best and most vital powers, but rather advance them. No one would claim that dusting, cleaning, and furniture brushing are particularly valuable in themselves. Thus, the era itself demands the new, efficient household. It has been said before that the modernist movement set out to change more than architecture, and the Frankfurt kitchen is a good example of this. Its design was intended to make life easier for Frankfurt inhabitants, helping women to spend less time on their chores. The main criticism of its design at the time centered on the small scope for individualization, 
that the built-in furnishings allowed for, particularly at a time where women were spending more time at home. However, Lihotsky has maintained that herself and the wider Frankfurt team consider the efficient kitchen an emancipatory space, describing it as a modern laboratory where work was able to be done as quickly as possible. She hoped to create a culture of less housework, and her kitchen is a successful piece of design, which improved with lasting effects, convenience, technology, health and safety, and workflow within the home. It would go on to influence kitchen design through to current day, and it served as Lihotsky's contribution to the issue of housework. The Frankfurt kitchen provided a means rather than an end to a problem. However, it did so by designing a vision of the future where efficiency equated to greater freedoms, both leisurely and intellectually, so that when society was ready to move in the same direction, the structures for positive change would be already in place.